0: Amen. Alright, we are in Romans chapter 13 tonight. Romans chapter 13. And so, just a little bit of review. Uh, 1 through 8, pretty much all about salvation. 9 through 11, about Israel's salvation. And then when we get to chapter 12, uh, he basically starts pleading with these people that he has just told that you are saved, and there is nothing we can do to change that. You're, once you're saved, there is nothing that is going to change that and make you unsaved. And so we don't have hell that we can threaten people with. Um, and you know, pastors, we only have limited authority. We can't make people do things. We can't force people to do certain things. So basically, he beseeches them to do something, some reasonable service, to present their bodies a living sacrifice. And just be a good Christian. And that's pretty much what last week was all about. Just kind of begging y'all to just, hey, can y'all please be good Christians? Take the Bible serious. Obey His commands. Can't make you do anything. Can't twist your arms. Uh, but at the same time, I really like it if y'all be good Christians. That'd be make my job easier. And then when we get to chapter 13, basically, while chapter 12 mainly focused on how to be a good Christian in the church and amongst each other. And he talked a lot about how to treat each other in the church. Now we're kind of going to how we should behave and act outside the church. We want to have a good testimony. That's pretty much what he's talking about here in chapter 13. And so to start things off, he wants to make sure that Christians, they should not be, you know, the most unruly people that are out there. There are people, there are cultures, there are groups They're very unruly, that, uh, they are not good for society. They cause chaos wherever they go, Muslims. Uh, there's people like that that just, you know, they're, they're not governed real well. I I didn't say any groups, but, you know, if one slips out. Uh, but, you know, that's just, that's just how it is. And so, you know, Christians don't need to be that way. Uh, we ought to be the best people in a society. We ought to be the easiest people to manage. In fact, we ought to take, it, it should take very little to look after us. We shouldn't really need the government that much it's not, it's a blessing when they're there for when we need them but most of the time we should just be fine on our own but at the same time you know because there are evil doers out there because people are not all guided by the holy spirit and there are unruly people out there we need a system in place to keep people in line to keep the peace and so and christians should cooperate with that and so in chapter 13 and verse 1 He says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. And while this passage could not be any clearer, what it's telling us to do? Submit to the higher powers. They are ordained of God. Follow them. It's important that you do these things. If you're doing evil, you ought to be. There's people you should be afraid of. We ought to have people out there who deal with evildoers, and they deal with them with a sword. And now a lot of people try to act like the death penalty went away in the New Testament. Well, I don't know what they're going to do with that sword, then. Okay, I don't think they're just going to wave it in people's face and you know. No, sometimes you have to kill people, and evildoers. Uh, they often need to be put down depending on what they do. And so understand that uh, this passage, while it's very clear, we are living in difficult and confusing times that makes it very easy for false prophets to come along and twist and misuse this passage. And remember, and something to keep in mind too, remember what Paul said in the previous chapter where he said in verse 18, if it be possible as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. There are times when there's exceptions to different things. Obviously, it ought to be our attitude, obey the authorities, obey the government. But there are going to be times when you're going to have to say, no. If the government tells you to violate God's law, we shouldn't do that, for sure. And so, understand, it's It's important to look at this passage and remember, God... The reason this passage is difficult for people is because we live in America in the land of fantasy, but understand God does not play along with our fantasy. God does not change with our culture. God deals in reality. And so God doesn't play along with these mankinds. He only speaks truth and reality. And we live in a country where the highest offices in our land are placing men in positions of leadership and calling them women. That's what we're living in today. Now, does God recognize that? Obviously, He does not. We live in a country, you know, or when the president, for example, too, when the when the president declares a man a woman, does that all of a sudden make it so because he's the leader? No, of course not. When the government, and so let me ask you this: When the government comes along and expands its authority into an area that God never gave them authority? and they take on a power that God never ordained them for, is it all of a sudden legitimate and still government? No, it's not. Okay. I, as a husband, I have certain authority, but that authority is limited to my wife. Okay? Now, if I want to come along, and I want to extend that authority to all women, well, you know, I'm a husband, and you're supposed to submit to authority. Okay, but God never ordained other wives submit to other husbands so you can go and declare i'm the authority you're rebellious but in reality they're not yeah but he's an authority figure but he's not your authority and understand the government is the government but the and the government is an authority figure but when the government starts to claim authority in an area where god never gave it authority we don't have to listen to that and we're not being rebellious they're out of line they're they're perverting their job they're perverting their role and nobody is violating god's law when they decide they're not going to listen to that kind of thing and so this passage is one that is regularly butchered and something that everyone preaches you know that everyone who preaches this wrong has in common is they ignore and they refuse to study the subject of powers that are ordained of god Because isn't that what it said? Let every soul be subject to the higher powers for the powers that be are ordained of God. So are we not allowed to go look and see what God ordained? I think that would be a good idea for us to do that. And I want us to take some time to do this right now, because what are higher powers? And those are authorities that are over you, specifically ones ordained by God. I don't care about authorities that someone else invented, okay? I don't I don't care about that. When the government comes along and they declare themselves, you know, over the education of our children. Well God never ordained that. They can run their mouth all they want about that. I'm not going to listen to that. Okay? I, I don't believe they have any say in that. And I'm tired of watching these heroic parents go tell these school boards, You shouldn't be teaching my kids this stuff. Why do you even go to the school board to Talk to them about that. How about you just take your kids out of the stinking public school system? Because there's just no place for that. It, it, you know, the Bible does not promote that kind of thing. And it's just, it's foolish. It's just not necessary. You know, when we're always complaining to the government about our health care and just everybody's looking to the government for everything. I mean, it's, it's getting hot out. And what do people do? They go to the government. And what's their solution every time? Raise our taxes and expand our power. And how many things are they making better? Nothing. I mean, you know, I guess they stopped the Ice Age, and now we have global warming. Oh, wait, no, they were just wrong about the Ice Age, too, weren't they? And they're wrong about global warming. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, let's go to our Ruckmanite whiteboard and talk about authority structures, okay? Just because this isn't, uh, a lot of people don't understand this concept. And I'm telling you, Pastor Skinny Jeans, who tells you to put on the mask and just submit to the, you know, the government in the illegitimate authority, I'm going to show you the hypocrisy of people on this subject. So obviously, when it comes to authority, we're you know we're gonna keep this simple and we're gonna put God on the top. Obviously, God is over everything. And how do we know what God thinks? God's word. God tells us. So that encompasses Jesus Christ, the scriptures. They're not they're never gonna conflict with each other. Okay? But understand, God instituted the home. Okay? God instituted the home. And within the home, God placed an authority structure. Is anyone man enough here to tell me who is in authority in the home? The man, right? The, right? So, <laughs> the husband is the authority in the home. Just making sure y'all are allowed to say that. Husband slash father. That is the boss. Now the husband is subject to God, isn't he? For sure. That's the way it's supposed to be. But in the home, he is. He's the highest one. And then you have the wife. She is number two. And this does not mean she is inferior to the husband. She is equal to the husband. And so understand too, a lot of these people teaching weird Trinitarian stuff too, they're basically admitting submission means inferiority. I'm noticing a lot of these people who are trying to deny Christ's submission to the Father, that that means He's inferior. It's like, well, then why doesn't it mean the wife's inferior to the man? Are you literally going to tell me that the wife is equal with her husband while under His authority, and, but Christ can't be equal to God if He's in submission to Him? That is double talk. Okay. Another subject, but anyway, I just want to throw that in out there. And then children, you are on the bottom of the totem pole. Okay, Mom and Dad get to boss you around. And you should submit to the higher powers. You should listen to what they have to say. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So, there, uh, I I don't think anybody would argue about that. Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. You obeying your husband is you obeying God. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So, we, we all understand the authority structure in the home. Now, it's a, a different institution that God also ordained is the government. Okay? This is separate. Okay? The government, we should see this as a, as a separate thing. And so what we'll do is we'll just put USA to represent our country. Okay, because what if China just decides, hey, we're going to make laws for America. Well, oh, they are China. They have a government. They have a president. I guess we have to listen to them. Uh, no, China has no authority over our country. Okay, they might have a lot of pull over our country because we owe them so much money. Uh, but, it, you know, and they might be able to intimidate our country with their military, but that's, you know, that's something else. But either way, in the United States, that is a separate power, one that is ordained of God. Now, what is the highest authority in the United States? The Constitution, right? The Constitution of the United States. Okay, now, you know, I'm not here to just pick on dumb Christians tonight. But, you know, when I hear Christians act like a president is a king. First off, and and that we should obey him, even when he's pushing stuff that God never ordained. First off, I am amazed at their ignorance of the scriptures and I am amazed at their ignorance of just laws and the government and the constitution. The United States does not have a king. Do you understand that? And understand, men set up governments, men set up nations, and we ought to follow these things. These these powers that we're to be subject to, they are, they are set up by men. And it's a blessing if you have men that understand that the authorities that they have are things that come from God. And so when it comes to our our government, we do not have a man that can tell us what to do. Joe Biden cannot tell us all to put on a mask. Anthony Fauci cannot tell us all to put on a mask. And when it comes to the Constitution, who is beneath the Constitution? Is it a who or a what? Because we actually have three co-equal branches of government. That is what is set up in our country. And so we have the executive branch. We have the legislative branch. I know you probably can't read my writing. And then the judicial branch. Okay? Three co-equal branches of government. We do not have one man. And to just to, to think Baptist, listen to a president like he's a king or something. It's just like, you know, nothing, you know, and then to try to use the Bible to, you know, as precedent for following that you are beyond ignorant. But we do. We have three co-equal branches of government. This, and now the states, they are allowed to make their own laws. However, the states, they are not allowed to violate the Bill of Rights. They're not allowed to violate the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. The states cannot, they they cannot do that. If they do that, they are stepping outside their authority, things that they were ordained to do. And so each branch of our government can change acts of the other branches. The president, he can veto legislation that's given to him by Congress. He's also also able to, to nominate heads of federal agencies, High court appointees, you know, the the head of the executive, he appoints the judicial branch, the judges, the Supreme Court. But these people, there's things that they can do to affect that, stop that. And it is, and it's always a complicated process. Sometimes, like it would be easier to just let one guy tell everybody what to do. Things would move much smoother. But at the same time, too, I'm glad it's like that because do you really want dementia, Joe, telling everybody what to do at that moment, you know? And that that would be horrible. So we're very blessed to have this kind of thing, but Congress, they can confirm or they can reject the President's nominees. And it can also even remove the President during exceptional circumstances. And so the justices of the Supreme Court, nominated by the President and confirmed by the Senate, they can overturn unconstitutional laws that the legislative branch passes. Like Roe versus Wade. You know, they, or that, well that wasn't a legislative Uh, thing that they did that was a judicial decision that they later overturned i don't remember all the details of what got it to that point but we do as a nation we've been very blessed to live in a country with a constitution that recognizes its god-given authority as well as the god-given authority that belongs to individuals we were endowed by our creator with certain and alienable rights what a blessing it is to have a government that was set up understanding that homes, that individuals have certain rights ordained by the highest authority. You know what they did to the best of their ability when they started our country? They said, we need need to set up a government, but we got to make sure we don't do anything to go against what God says. The Creator. And thank God for that. We've been blessed greatly as a result of it. And let me just say right now, you know, people too who act like we shouldn't rebel against the government because obviously the Constitution is getting shredded. People within these branches of government right here are a bunch of maniacs, a bunch of lunatics, a bunch of filthy animal reprobates that are doing everything they can to shred that Constitution. Now, here's, here's what's wonderful about our country. Okay, No matter how ignorant a preacher is about history, laws, the Scriptures... Not every country can say this, but you know what we can say as American Christians, too? We still are not going against the word of God. We still not are going against our government if we rebel when they do these things. Do you all understand that? Rebellion, because folks, I love this. I'm just going to read this right now. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. I think we need to get some good people together that will make a list of those uh, grievances and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them that seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light or transient causes. Let's not be too quick and too anxious to just go overthrowing the government. Let's have some prudence. Let's have a plan. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invents a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security and somebody hold me back from running a glory lap. (laughs) That... Listen, you say, that's not in the Bible. In the Bible, we are taught to listen to the higher powers. This is what our nation set up. We see in the Scriptures, Israel was constantly held accountable by God for what the previous generations declared that they would do. When they would say, we will follow the Lord, we will do these things. When they would make leagues with people, they were expected to honor those things. And God often punished future generations who violated... The commitments that their forefathers had made and so understand if we get to a point in this country and i think we're there i'm just waiting for the right people to come lead it i don't feel called to lead it i think it's time okay i i think it's time i'm ready i'm ready to stand the right person comes along i'm ready to fight i think there's a lot of people ready to fight and let me tell you something we will not be there's nothing that would be violating the scriptures says we can't do that there's nothing that says we just have to roll over and let these people walk all over us there's nothing that says we have to go along with the sin that they're trying to push and there's nothing in our government that says we have to do this either there's not and so submitting to understand submitting to the higher powers is not you listening to some wannabe fred flintstone look-alike dictator jb pritzker that you just got to go along with what he says you don't have to do that okay understand when all these things that he tried pushing during covid he got overruled in the courts all these laws that or these these things that he was declaring these mandates that were ruled unconstitutional pastor skinny jeans all over the, the state submit to the higher powers preaching with a mask Walking around with rubber gloves and making everybody sanitize their hands and following all these protocols that Pritzker put in place. We gotta obey the government. He was violating the higher powers. You were following a man rebelling against the higher powers and acting like you're following Romans 13 doing that? No. You're ignorant. You're scared. That's all there is to it. They were just scared. So, uh, again, you know, this is what our forefathers chose. This is what we have been There are other nations, and and here's what you gotta understand too. You know, if we are in a country, if we were a part of a nation where they did have a king, that was what they set up, that's it. We have not been called to necessarily go change that. Y'all understand that? But do you realize us overthrowing wicked people in our government is not us changing what we already have? It's preserving what we already have. If we have something good, we're not violating the Word of God in trying to preserve that good thing. And so thank God for, you know, people are out there trying to preserve it. We need that kind of thing. So understand, God instituted the government, but I I, I could talk a lot more about this stuff. I don't want to do that. But you know what else God instituted too? We have the church. Okay? We have the church. This is separate. Okay? Now we could do, I was looking at um, Bill Gothard. His, have you ever seen his umbrella of authority? His umbrellas of authority? You know, you've got the children down at the bottom. You've got the wife with another umbrella uh, that covers the children. And then the husband's umbrella covers the wife. And then, directly above the h- husband, the pastor. It covers that. Basically putting the pastor over the whole thing. Like, Man, maybe them got theirites got something. No, that, that's not right. The, the pastor, is he's over here. That, this is a separate thing. Okay, now when it comes to the church, obviously Jesus Christ, the word of God is the authority. But then underneath that, what do we have? The pastor? Are you sure? Are you sure? Now, this might freak some of you out, but you know what? As a church, we also have a church constitution and bylaws. Okay? And I could also add in here, too, we're a congregation. I can't fit it in there. But understand, a church, it's a congregation, right, of believers. And so, you say, well, constitution, that's not in the Bible. Listen, a congregation ought to be civilized enough that the, and smart enough, have enough brains where they can they can set up some structure and rules. Okay? And I've never heard of a church that doesn't have a constitution or bylaws uh, any church that doesn't, I would think is probably a cult because it's just going to be dictated by the will of one man saying everything. But as a church, you know, we ought to be, we have, we have agreed on certain doctrine. Should I, as a pastor, just be able to go and it's like, you know what? I know y'all have been given to this church. You all have been a part of this church. You've been supporting this church, but I have decided that I'm going to transition this church into a non King James only church and just start using the IV and you all need to deal with it because I'm the pastor you know what, I just watched a YouTube video and I've decided you can lose your salvation. Do I have the right to do that? No. Okay, and let me tell you, pastors are doing weird stuff like that all over. And you know what, congregations shouldn't have to put up with that. Because again, if the pastor can just dictate doctrine however he wants, then the Word of God is not the authority. Jesus Christ is not the head of the church. So there should be something in place. And we do. We do have a constitution. We do have bylaws. We have a congregation. And so a pastor does have authority that's underneath that. But understand, who gives me that authority? Do I just declare, well, God gave it to me? You all have to listen to what I say. No. A congregation, they give the pastor authority. Our church constitution, it gives the pastor authority in certain areas it says hey you're allowed to do this that's the same thing too with our constitution it gives the executive branch and the president who's the head of the executive branch certain power and certain authority but he can't just do whatever he wants he's got to follow the constitution and he's got things to keep him in check and it's the same thing too when it comes to me the congregation has given me authority but there you all are supposed to also keep an eye on me you should have your bibles following what i'm preaching and making sure it's actually biblical. And if I do, if I come along and I start changing major doctrines, I'm not saying a church can never change its doctrine. But if they do change a doctrine, you will know, we ought to have a process for it. I ought to be able, I, I, you know, I think it would be good if I change on something that you give me a chance to present it to you. But you know, there's some things we've gotten pretty settled. We're pretty firm on. Okay, it's one thing if I want to like maybe change my mind on like Nephilim or something like that or Abraham's bosom or something like. But you know, when you start changing on salvation bible version things like that a pastor does not have the right and authority to just declare it and then you all just got to deal with it that I, I do not believe in that i don't want to have any part in that we're not just a one-man show cult and so when it comes to other things too sometimes congregations constitution bylaws you know they have different authority structures in there especially in bigger churches I think a church is allowed to do what they want. But either way, 1 Peter 5, 1 says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage. I don't, I don't just have this lordship over you. No, I have been given authority i've been given a role by god and i need to make sure i do things according to his will and i do and people say well, the pastor answers to god and, and i believe he does but i don't believe he answers only to god i believe the congregation ought to do something we should if we have a horrible president what are we supposed to do i hope god kills him you know no we we have a, we have a legal process to get rid of them and we ought we ought to use that except not right now because we got a vice president. <laughs> That's not going to make anything better. But, it uh, goes on to say, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And so understand, the church has given me as pastor authority. And when you give me authority in an area, you know what you should do? You should humble yourself and submit to that authority. That's what you should do. You should cooperate. And we do as people and as a government of the people, by the people and for the people. And we're not a full blown democracy, by the way. I don't see democracy in these three branches of governments. But at the same time, too, there is a process where the people participate and you know, and we do, we have a say in who we put in charge. And you know what we should do? We should cooperate with those that we put in charge. But here's the thing about all these institutions. These people do not have any right to come in here and to tell these, these people what to do in areas where God ordained the husband to lead. This group right here, they have no business coming over here and telling the church what to do in the areas where God gave them authority. Whenever we start getting out of our realm of authority, you know what we have? We have a huge mess. We have something messed up. We have something perverted. And so they, this, this government, our, and our, thankfully, I, I thank God, our Constitution recognizes the authority that the church has it recognizes the authority that the home has and the individual has they recognize that it was given to them by god and they put certain protections in there and we should stand up against anyone in here that comes in and tries to mess with authority over here we should stand up against this if it comes in here and tries taking on roles and authority that god didn't give them i'm the pastor of the church that doesn't give me the authority to spank your children. I'm the pastor of the church, uh, church members, you know, here, put, put a little there. I don't have the right to come tell your wife what to do. I don't, I don't have the right to do that. And if I do, you know what you should do in your home? When this guy starts messing around over here in a place where God never ordained, you should throw that guy, even if it's me, out of your house. And you know what we ought to do when these people, when Kid Sniffer comes over here and starts trying to tell us what we're going to do with our kids and things like that, you know what we should do? We should do whatever is in our power to do to stand against it. Even if that means we've got to hide. Even if that means we've got to fight. Whatever it takes, we ought to do that. They have no right to do that, to to get in those areas. And let me tell you, the boldness that we are seeing in our government today to take authority has no right to take. It's a direct result of them forgetting God. They have forgotten God. And we talked about this the other day, uh, I think in Sunday school. But even when it came to the role of high priest, God said in Hebrews 5, 1, "...for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins." And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. The high priest can only be chosen by God. No one, even Jesus, did not honor himself with that authority. No, God gave it to him. And let me tell you, Kid Sniffer... All these other people, you know what what they're doing? They are honoring themselves with authority that God never gave them. And we don't have to go along with it. When clowns in the government try telling our church what to do, when it comes to areas they have no authority to try to keep us from getting a stinking virus, come on, that's absolutely ridiculous. And we, and we could talk about things, too, even in the Scripture. God gave them authority to do I believe we ought to submit to you know, local ordinances and things. And I think we can follow safety protocols and stuff like that. We don't need to be rebelling against everything. There are good things that government is allowed to do that are not causing us to sin. You know, putting in exit signs. That's, we're not sinning in doing that. You know, let's cooperate with these things. We let the city come in. They do a fire inspection every year. We let them do that. our, Our city has that ordinance. We cooperate. And some of the stuff they ask us to fix is really petty that I'm pretty sure will never save any lives. But they're never asking us to sin. When they ask us to shut the church down, they're asking us to go against what God commanded us to do. And they can go jump in a lake. And so, just understand, if they try it again, I have not only do I not have any intention of not obeying it again, I have every intention of being very vocal about the fact that we are, and I don't even like to say disobey. No, I, I'm going to be very vocal about the fact that we're submitting to the higher powers. That's what, I'm to, that's what I intend to do. If they try messing with us again, we're going to be very vocal that we are submitting to the higher powers. And so when the government is doing their job, And where they are doing their job, they should get our full cooperation and our, and even, it's in the Bible, I have to preach this part, even our financial support. For this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. What's that? Um, bearing the sword? Hey, you know what? If we start, if we ever get pedophile pit like I'm wanting to out here, I will give regular tips and Christmas bonuses voluntarily to whoever is in charge of pushing them into the pit. Y'all understand that? But you know what I'm not going to do? I I don't want to give my tax money to people promoting gender studies and diversity training and all that nonsense. No. Those bearing the sword, those punishing evildoers, let's be a blessing. Let's honor them. And if you do, if you're ever out and you see a cop, you know shoot some guy that's beating somebody up. You know what, you, ought, you ought to go slip him a twenty after that, and you ought to tell him we got your back. We're a witness. That you know he pulled a gun on you first, and I mean well, you know whatever we got to do because that guy he's doing his job. That's a blessing. Executioners, we should find out who they are. Except we don't. I don't think we execute anybody in Illinois anymore. But if we get one, I'm gonna send him a Christmas bonus. And and so, I, I, I me rendered therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due custom to whom custom fear to whom fear honor to whom honor we should honor them and our leaders do deserve honor and respect not because of who they are as an individual or even in their personal life but because of their position and their authority and understand you can have people who are terrible individuals but yet they are actually doing fulfilling their god-given role And we ought to be respectful towards them. If there's a police officer in town and they are fulfilling their role, they're operating within the law, we ought to be respectful to them. Even if you might know that they're an atheist or something like that. I don't respect their religious stand, but if they're doing their job, I can show respect for them. I can show kindness to them. Same thing when it comes to our politicians. We got a lot of politicians. I don't like their personal life. But if they're doing their job, if they are operating within the law and in the role that God gave them to do, we can be thankful for them and we can be appreciative and we can cooperate and, and we can, and again, you know, it's set up in here too, that we elect certain people. So sometimes too, that means we might even have to be respectful to people we didn't vote for. And again, as long as the, and it's not about respecting the individual, it's about respecting the office and the authority. And there are legitimate positions of authority that's out there these you know all these weird czars the president are appointing again you know the the lgbt czar and all that kind of stuff that that is so bogus i i I won't give those we don't have to respect those people but again executioners people like that you know the good ones we should we should we should respect them support them so our leaders do deserve that In Acts, again, even sometimes they're doing wrong. I don't really like this part either, but it's in the Bible. Acts 23.2 says, And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Talking about Paul. Then said Paul and him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall. For sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law? And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? Then said Paul, I wist not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. So again, it's, we should show respect to certain authorities, even though this high priest was not a respectful individual. He was actually going against the law at this time when he had Paul smitten, but even Paul didn't want to be come off as disrespectful to that because that's a bad testimony. And so again, one of the, ma- one of the main reasons that we follow these things, It's not because we respect them. It's not because they're even helping us that much, but for testimony's sake. We want to be a good testimony. We don't want to be the ones causing all kinds of problems. And so a government that does what God ordained it to do is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And that's important that we understand we're not about to change subjects here. We're not really changing subjects here. What we're seeing in this chapter are instructions from Paul to the church so they can have a good testimony in their communities and with their neighbors. And so we want to follow the higher powers, because again, we don't want to be the one causing all the problems in the community. Now understand, sometimes the world speaks against us as evildoers. And you know, what, what did they call us a few years ago? Super spreaders. Even though they're all dying left and right and are still dying from taking the Fauci-Auchy, where we all did fine. So I just, I think the YouTube will let me get away with saying it that way. That's why I have to say it that way. But verse eight says, "O no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law." And this is a reminder that the law is fulfilled through loving God and loving your neighbor. That's how we fulfill the law, of God. We don't need to memorize all the laws. If we would just get a hold of love God and love your neighbor. We're not going to violate the laws. We're going to obey God's laws. Galatians 5.13, For brethren, ye have been, call, have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. I'm, I'm so glad we're not under the law and don't have to worry about all those things. But don't let your liberty give you an opportunity to just give your flesh whatever it wants. But by love serve one another. If, we, if you love each other, if you love others, you're not just going to want to do whatever you want to do. For the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Mark twelve twenty nine. Jesus answered to him, the first of all commandment is here who is with the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So again, one of the reasons we are supposed to be loving is so we will fulfill the law. So we will do good. Because if we love each other, we will not do this next list of sin. Now watch this in verse 9. Because this is where we show how big of a hypocrite Pastor Skinny Jean's preaching in his mask is. It says, For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now think about this. Notice, it just gave a bunch of the Ten Commandments, but it didn't give all the Ten Commandments, did it? You know why? Because it said under the New Covenant too. First Commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's, bet- that's something that's between us and God. They don't have any authority to enforce that stuff. We don't believe in a state religion. The state has no right to push that. Church, it's a completely separate thing. So notice it didn't mention those things. And you know what other commandment it didn't mention? Honor thy father and thy mother. That's over here. That's for things to be taken care of in the home. It's not their job to enforce things that are in the home. So Paul's been discussing submitting to the government. And he's and so when he mentions the commandments, you know what he did? He mentioned the commandments that the government should be doing something about. They should be doing things about murderers, adulterers, thieves, covetous people. They should be doing things about those bearing false witness. That is authority. And what do people do today when you start talking about the death penalty? That went away with the law. No, right here in the New Testament... When it tells us to submit to the higher powers, it's telling us also to love our neighbor because if we are loving our neighbor, we will not be doing anything that will cause these people to mess with us. And understand, if you're killing, committing adultery, stealing, bearing false witness, coveting, you know what? They should step in and do something about that. But pretty much the only thing they're even doing anything about because they're so derelict of their duties is about killing. That's about it. And even when it comes to that, they're not using God's prescribed you know, method of dealing with it. They're not executing people. They're just locking them up, causing a need for a huge prison system, which causes the need for more government funds and just gives them more money, more power. So th- even even in the one area where they're kind of enforcing the law, they're not really doing anything. How about stealing? They're barely doing anything to people stealing. Okay? And folks, how many saw the video of the Hindu guy's spanking the fire out of that guy with the rod who got a just a warm fuzzy feeling when they saw that video what a blessing if i were president united states they would be getting a medal that needs to happen in every store where these lawless thugs go in and they try to steal people ought to be able to protect their property and they ought to be able to take a cane and beat the fire out of those people and it would stop But even if they don't do it, then you know what? These people should do it. Right in the town square. They ought to beat the fire out of these people. Make them restore fourfold. But they're not doing any of that. So folks, in the Romans 13 passage, where it's talking about, they're like, submit to the government. Submit to the government. What does it mean to pass your skinny jeans? Wear your mask. You know, use people's preferred pronouns. But don't you dare talk about execution. Oh, you think? Well, what do you think about committing adultery and all that stuff? They should do something about that. Yes. Oh, you think there's? I can't believe you think we're still under the law and they should do something about sodomites. Of course they should. Oh, those things didn't go away. These are the things the government's actually supposed to be doing, but our government's promoting that junk. Our government has adulterers. We, we we put adulterers in the White House. We've kept guys who've committed adultery in the White House even after they've gotten busted, and that includes guys like Donald Trump who was an, everybody knew was an adulterer. I mean, the guy practically bragged about being an adulterer. And we and we put him in that office. Why weren't they? You know what? Our government, who's just so freaked out still and has PTSD from January 6th, all the horrible things that they think Trump did to this country. Do you know if they actually dealt with adulterers? We would never had to worry about Trump. Think about that. Maybe that'll motivate these people to do something about this stuff. But no, Pastor Skinny Jeans, he'll tell you, we ought to listen to the government when it comes to the mass. But when it comes to enforcing these commandments, what's when it comes to the, all the commandments in the Ten Commandments that are belong to the government, they, they don't even talk about that. But we are still on the same subject. So I'm telling you, folks, the, the hypocrisy is just off the charts. And so no one is going to do evil to someone they love. So love is the fulfilling of of the law and so verse 11 and that no i'm going to i'll quickly cover this and knowing the time that is now high time to awake out of our sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed and our salvation being nearer is without a doubt referring to the return of christ when we have the physical salvation that comes that was promised to us when we believed when we believed we had the promise of a physical salvation where every bit of us will be saved one of these days but now notice this because this is regularly butchered by the pre-trivers the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light now for years and for decades since the 70s preachers have been preaching that the rapture is at hand and literally saying the day of christ is at hand they've been singing songs about the day of christ being at hand i watched a preacher one time who's more of a comedian than he is a theologian but because he's funny and entertaining people think he's a theologian and he made a video one time talking about of course the bible teaches imminency i mean the bible literally said second thessalonians 2 the day of christ is at hand and then somebody's like uh no it says let no man deceive you that the day of christ is at hand and you know what did this brilliant theologian do took the video down because he looked like an idiot. But they've been saying it and singing it for so long. And there's, there's literally a verse in the Bible that says, let not, no man deceive you that the day of Christ is at hand. So what do they do? They, I know that's in the Scriptures. I've said it a thousand times. We've sung it a thousand times. Eshort, at hand. Ooh, here we go. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, the day of the Lord. Day of Christ. I, I, I can tell you multiple preachers on record, using this to prove that the rapture is at hand or imminent. And they'll use this verse. We're not going to go to 2 Thessalonians 2 because you all have not memorized frontwards and backwards. But understand, Romans was written after 2 Thessalonians was written, by the way. So maybe it wasn't at hand when he wrote 2 Thessalonians, but it was at hand when he wrote Romans. Well, no, that's not the case. Because what, what exactly was he talking about when he said the day was at hand? Well, let's read these verses together, starting at verse 11. And that knowing that it is now high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. When he said the day is at hand, it was in contrast to the night or darkness, how it was over and walking in the light by doing good. Like walking like you're in the light, like everyone can see what you're doing. There is a way that people act often in the dark that they won't act in the light. And we as believers should be walking as though everyone can see what we're doing. You know why? Because this is about our testimony. Is that not what we've been talking about the entire chapter about our testimony? Christians shouldn't be sneaking around. Christians shouldn't be doing things in the shadows and in the dark. We all understand that Jesus Christ is returning one of these days, but He also wants us to be a testimony. And so let us walk as children of the light. And the evildoers typically do their work, which we've been told not to do. The government's supposed to be punishing evildoers, but evildoers typically do their work in darkness to hide what they're doing. We should not do, hide what we're doing. We put our preaching online. I mean, we put it, we put all, I, I, I'm so tired of everybody exposing, exposing people with stuff that those people put on the internet. If you're exposing me, doesn't that mean you're revealing something nobody knew? You're literally exposing me with something I put online. Okay, you know, and and I've done that before. You know, you you do. But one, one day I just realized, like, this is stupid. This isn't exposing anything. If I expose something, I found something. I uncovered something. But yet people are always exposing, which I think is interesting, how they do that. But understand, evildoers typically do their work in darkness. And what does it say in John 3.19? And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Why as a church would we hide what we're doing? Why? Two reasons. One, we either know it's wrong and we don't want to get exposed, or we're scared. We're scared. That's the only reason. That's why we don't password protect sermons or anything like that. We're, we're not. We're not scared. We have not. We have not come to a point where we've recognized that our country is just a full-blown, you know, communist hellhole where you know we're all going go to go. You know, we're not going to go to jail for anything. We might get some online grief. We regularly get online grief. We don't even care anymore. It's just kind of, kind of used to it. Sometimes it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I almost enjoy it sometimes. But at the same time, it, it, it doesn't affect us. But Christians shouldn't be sneaking around doing wickedness for sure. This doesn't mean we may not need to sneak around someday and hide good we're doing for our safety. But we should never be doing things that are wrong or that we should be ashamed of. So when it says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. He's just telling, hey, it is time for you to be children of the light. It's time for you. Hey, you're you're done living that life that you lived before when you were before you were saved, where you were in sin, walking in darkness, doing that evil. The day is at hand. It's time for you to start acting like a Christian. That's what he's saying. He's not contradicting what he said in Second Thessalonians two and saying the day of Christ is at hand. That's not that is not what he's doing. Nice try. You're desperate. Just admit it. You preached songs preach songs. I had a song in my head all weekend. I have it in my head at weddings. It's a, it's a song about the coming of Christ. Uh, It talks about a marriage and stuff. And I love the song. It's a very uplifting, heartwarming song, but there's a line that uses in there multiple times for his coming is at hand. It's like, "Ah, I can't sing that one anymore. We used to sing it (laughs) back in the day. We used to sing it, but it's like, I can't say no. It's it's the Bible literally says it's not a hand. But yet, people have sang that in songs so much, they just can't. So they're literally, they're literally e-sorting at hand. They're not looking for a passage that talks about the coming of Christ being at hand. They're literally just looking for the phrase they found, and that's it. That, that, that's what it's about. I completely ignoring everything about it. But, it's embarrassing. But to sum up the whole thing, Romans 13 is about your testimony. Saved people need to do good works in, and. We need to do good works in the church like we saw in chapter 12. And we need to do good works in the world like we see here in Romans 13. Not only do we want to be a blessing to the church, like in in chapter 12, we want to do what's necessary to reach more people in the world and get them into the church. And it will help if we're good citizens. It will help if we have good works, if we love people. Good luck getting your neighbor saved that you just robbed the week before. Good luck with that. So we need to make sure we're doing right. And that's why 1 Peter 2.11, he said the same thing. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And let me tell you, we've got a lot of people who speak about us as evildoers because we think these people ought to be taking care of sodomites and a bunch of other people. But you know what? They're lucky because we also understand as a church, we don't get... The church doesn't do their business. The home doesn't do their business. We actually recognize authority. We actually honor authority. We actually submit to the higher powers. And you know what It's said? In a church and as a pastor, when I see people within the home not doing what they're supposed to do, but I don't go force myself in there i hate when i see them not doing what they're supposed to do and you know in our constitution we as individuals could follow a process and get in there if we wanted to i don't want to get in that mess but at the same time just because they're not taking care of the stuff they're supposed to doesn't mean i'm going to go take the law in my own hands never have done that you know why because then if i go if 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 me as a husband or me as a pastor if i come over here and i start Taking care of pedophiles and sodomites and all that kind of stuff, I would actually be going against what God said to do. I that I would not be submitting to the higher powers. I would be out of line. I would be wrong. And just because these people are perverted in their view of everything and think government, you know, they they want to replace God with government and just put government over everything. That's that's what they're really looking for. These stinking atheists that are out there and stuff that they want to put government over everything and that's just messed up not right won't help a single thing so hopefully that helps you understand romans 13 because be prepared with an election year coming guess what we're all going to get COVID again we're all going to they're already planning they they were able to control the election so good last time because of the of the virus scare they're either going to scare us with that or with the climate okay we're all going to die from the weather Something like that, you know, and so uh, just understand it's all everything's going to go to the government and Pastor Skinny Jeans, Pastor Spineless, Pastor Yellowback, he is going to tell you, listen to the government. Do he says, but you know what? I have a backbone, I have a Bible, and we're not going to do that here. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word and the clear instruction. I pray, you help us to follow it, Lord. I pray, you help us to recognize the different realms of authority. Help us to stay in our lanes and to uh, focus on what you've called us to do. I pray we'll not get so caught up in other people's business that we lose sight of what we're supposed to do. I pray you will help us to uh, be a light in this area. And Lord, I pray that you will uh, change things in our government. I pray we'll raise up some leaders, Lord, that will, if necessary, uh, they'll uh, remove uh, these people that are violating our constitution, uh, violating your law, and that we'll see Uh, some real positive changes in our country. In your name we pray. Amen.